Well, that's right. As uh, Kyle and Tony were mentioning, my name is Phoebe. I get to be one of the high school youth pastors here. And so if we have not met, it's nice to meet you guys. Um, And I am talking about death today. Um, And yeah, it is actually something that is both going to be a difficult message, but also a really joyful one. Um, And even wanted to start off the bat with... um, maybe even giving death some context and some reality. Um, some of you in this room may have not ever experienced someone close to you dying, and others of you have experienced someone very, very close to you dying, and then many of us have experienced something in between. So I even wanted to start off with sharing that death has been something that in my testimony of coming to know Jesus has been something that's been really, really significant. In fact, uh, when I look back and I pinpoint the day that I said yes to Jesus, it was when um, I was wrestling with someone who was close to me, who I knew, who died. And I was wrestling with this concept of, God, how could you allow this to happen? It was sudden and uh, unexpected. And so I was wrestling with, God, I can't believe that you would allow this person to die. And I was really grieving. And in that moment, I felt like the Lord was very near to me. And I trusted that all I needed to know is that Jesus was in enough. And that was really where my relationship with the Lord had begun, was from that place of real utter need and despair, and then acknowledging, God, you are what I want and what I need, and I'm going to trust in you anyways. And so for some of you, maybe your testimony includes a story of someone close to you dying, or maybe you even are walking alongside someone or know someone who feels like they are actually close to death, whether that's because of old age or sickness. So I want to walk about this tenderly as I just throw out this concept in this word, death, and it can feel pretty flippant, but I want to acknowledge that many of you are in pain or are hurting with the concept and the reality of death and death in your life right now. So I just want to go about this tenderly, um, but I am going to be talking about death for the next 22 minutes with you, um, and I want to talk about how eventually there will be no more death. And that is going to be something so sweet, but we've got to start from the beginning to get there. And so I'm actually going to have um, some of our people on this side hand out some of these blue Bibles. And yeah, you guys can get up and hand some out for me. That'd be amazing. If you do not have a Bible, just flag one of them down, grab a blue Bible. We're going to be in Revelation 21. Um, And I'm going to be, I won't read it all here to begin with. I'll end up reading it in chunks throughout the, this morning. But you can flip to Revelation 21. Revelation is the last book of the Bible. And Revelation is a vision that's been given to John, who is on an island, an island called Patmos. And he's in exile for being a Christian. He's basically in prison for being a Christian. And they put him on an island so that he could not escape. And he is there alone, and he has a vision of what the end times are going to be like one day. And in Revelation 21 is when we usher in the new heaven and the new earth. And so this is a vision that John has of the end of the world. Right now, I'm going to actually pray for you once you get to Revelation 21. I'm going to pray for you. And if you would, just close your eyes and you can open up your hands. Um, And I'm just going to Yeah, ask the Lord to bless the reading of his word today. God, we just come humbly before you and acknowledge that so many of us are coming into this room differently this morning. Some of us are coming in excited to see friends. Others of us are nervous because we don't know anyone. 
Lord, we acknowledge that we're all coming here honestly and openly. So God, I just ask that as these students prepare their hearts to hear your word and hear truth, would you soften their hearts? Would you break open their hearts? Lord, would we be honest about how we really feel when it comes to death? I know right now in my heart, I feel like death is unfair at times. I feel like death is the worst of the worst at times. And sometimes I even fear death. And so, Lord, I just come before you honestly right now, even though um, I'm going to speak truth today about what death really is. Lord, I just ask that you would even draw near to me in my fears and my hesitations about what death will be like. Lord, would you do the same with these students in this room as they listen? In your name we pray. Amen. First, we are in Revelation 21, verse 1. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I'm going to pause right there. This is, like I said, this is John. He's in exile on the island of Patmos, and he's looking out onto the sea. And for someone who is from Israel, they would have seen the sea, the ocean, as something chaotic. And, and that is a place where no one wants to be. You do not want to be found in the middle of the ocean. Because in the middle of the ocean is where your life ends. You're not going to be able to find the shore. For someone who's always grown up on land, you do not want to be on the ocean. So John is looking out onto the water, and he has this revelation, and he sees the end times, that at some point, the new heaven and new earth are going to come, and the sea was no more. And what it really means is that there will be no more chaos. So first, we must ask the question of, well, what is the old heaven and the old earth? Like, what is the thing that is going to be passing away one day? And that is the earth that we live on right now. That is your reality in this moment. And so my first point is that death was the consequence. And we live in a, in a time of, of history where death is the consequence of sin. And in this first heaven and first earth, that we live in right now, we know the story of in Genesis when sin entered the world and when chaos, when the concept of the sea, when chaos broke, broke loose. And so we're going to actually even, uh, I'm going to flip to Genesis and you guys can stay in Revelation, but I'm going to flip to the very beginning. I'm going to bookends today, the very, very beginning. And we are going to find that the wages of sin is death meaning the punishment for sin is death. And there's going to be two types of death, two types of death. The first is going to be physical death, the one that we often think of, right? The death of our bodies, like decaying, breaking down, and eventually dying. And then the second type of death is going to be spiritual death. And spiritual death is a type of death where you, as me, Phoebe, or as you, Matthew, are separated from God. That is spiritual death. You're separated from your creator. So we're going to see these two types of death enter the world as, as sin enters the world because the punishment for sin is death. And so first I'm going to look at Genesis 3, verse 16. And it says, God says to the woman, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. This is after the fall, after sin has entered the world, after they've chosen themselves over God. Adam and Eve have chosen themselves over God. They've sinned. 
It says, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. In pain, it says, in pain you shall bring forth children. There's the, a pain. There's a pain of even surviving. There's a pain of bringing forth life. And this pain will ultimately lead to death. And then in verse 17, God says to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife, you have sinned and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you. You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. There will be pain and suffering and dying in even the surviving. That humans will be in pain bringing forth life and even just surviving. And this is a punishment. This is the, 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 the consequence of sin is that there will ultimately be death and decaying of your physical body. There will be physical death. But then it says also in, in Genesis 3, verse 23, there's also going to be a spiritual death, a removal of people from the presence of God because people, as sinful, could not be in the presence of a holy and perfect God or else he would destroy them. And so he says, for your own good, there will be spiritual death for you because there we are, in, we are like safely at a distance. So it says in verse 23, Therefore the Lord sent him, meaning Adam, out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So Adam and Eve, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, meaning they chose, I want to decide for myself what is good, what is right, what is wrong. And then there's a tree of life, and God says, I'm going to protect you from eating that because that will allow you to live your bodies, live forever, and I don't want that because if you live forever, if your bodies live forever, then your spiritual relationship with me will never be able to be repaired. And so there must be, in humanity, there must be death. The consequence of sin has to be death. And so we, we live in this point in history where the consequence of sin is death. We have spiritual and physical death. This is something we encounter on the daily. Our bodies right now, even though you might feel like you're in your prime or you're even headed towards your prime of maybe like in your athletic career or your minds even are in their prime, you right now are every single second marching closer and closer towards death, physical death. And right now, you're experiencing distance from God. God is not dwelling with and among us. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, have said yes to Jesus, you have God dwelling within you. But even you know that so often we push him away and we say, God, I'm going to choose myself over you again and again. So we experience this spiritual death often. You are experiencing the consequences of sin, which is death. Death is a devastating result of our rebellion against God. Death is a devastating result of our rebellion against God. It is horribly devastating. God does not see that and say, yes, victory. He sees that and says, no, my people, my daughter, my son. He doesn't want to be separated from us and he doesn't want our bodies to decay and die. He didn't create them for that. There has to be a punishment for the sin that we live in. Thankfully, there is good news. 
we read to the end of the story in, in Revelation 21 that eventually there will be a passing away of this old earth and an ushering in of the new. It says in verses 2 through 5, I'll read, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Listen to that. The dwelling place of God is with man. Suddenly there is no spiritual separation between us and God. There is life. The dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. There will be no more death, no more pain, no more tears. And so how did we get to this place? Right? I just wrote, wrote, read the third chapter of this book, and now I'm reading the second, second to last chapter. And so we've gotten to from a place of the punishment for sin is death. And then suddenly I skipped over this whole chunk of the middle, and we've gotten to a place in the story where God is saying there will be no more death, there will be no more pain, there will be no more tears. So the question is, how did we get here? How do we go from one to the other? And that is the story of Scripture. That is the greatest love story that has ever been written, is the love story of how God pursued you and said, I'm not going to leave you there in your sin and in your pain. In fact, I'm going to come, and I'm going to conquer death itself. Death is conquered, and I use present tense for on purpose. Death is conquered. Death has already been conquered. And how did that happen? We even have two prophecies, especially, that I want to read to you. Guys in the Old Testament, before Jesus was born, who heard from the Lord a word, and they actually spoke it and said, this is what's going to happen. This is who's coming to save us. We know that the punishment, the consequence for sin is death, and we live in that reality today. We're trying to manage it as we can. That's the stories of the Old Testament is trying to manage. How do we get in relationship with a God who is perfect and holy when we're sinful? And it's the journey of them discovering that they are incapable themselves of getting into right relationship with God. And these two prophets, they say similar things. First Isaiah in 25, chapter 25, verse 8 says this, He, meaning God, the Messiah, will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. God himself will swallow up. Imagine that image, like a, a, a large animal swallowing up death itself. The consequence of sin is death. And God, it is prophesied, it is promised that he is going to swallow, like consume the punishment itself. That is a powerful image. Hosea, another prophet, says this in chapter 13, verse 14. It says, I, God, will deliver this people from the power of the grave. Have you ever felt like death is powerful? Have you ever felt like death is final? It says that God will deliver you from the power of the grave. 
I will redeem them from death. Where, O death, are your plagues? Where, O death, is your destruction? You might have even heard it said in Corinthians, where, O death, is your sting? Where, O death, is your victory? Asking, death has nothing on us now. So once again, how did we get there? We know this story very well, but we cannot repeat it enough. Jesus came fully God, fully human to earth. This is what he celebrated at Christmas as a little baby. He lived a perfect, sinless life, which means that if the consequence for sin is death, he did not deserve death. If the consequence for sin, if the punishment for sin is death, and Jesus lived a sinless life, then he did not deserve death. But instead, what he did, although he did not deserve it, he went to the cross as the perfect sacrifice, saying, Phoebe, I'll stand in your place. You deserved death, Phoebe. But instead, I am going to take it on for you. I'm going to pay the punishment, pay the sentence that you deserved, that you earned, fair, fair and square. I earned the sentence of death. And God says, I'm going to send my son to to pay that punishment for you on the cross and die the death you deserved. And what's amazing is that the story doesn't end there. God swallows up death itself, right? Jesus goes to the grave and he doesn't stay there. Sometimes we forget to keep telling the story that Jesus went to the grave and he didn't stay there. On the third day, he rose from the grave, conquering death itself and saying, death has nothing on me. I don't really want to serve a God where there is something that can triumph over him. And so it's beautiful and it's amazing. It should help us trust God more to know that Jesus went to death. He died himself. And then he says, that doesn't even have power over me. I'm going to conquer it. Death was conquered and I'm going to rise from the dead. And then I'm going to ascend into heaven where I'm sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And I'm going to be waiting and I'm going to be with you. I sent, Jesus sent his helper, the Holy Spirit, fully God, to dwell within us if we have said yes to Jesus, that we have trusted that he has paid the punishment for our sins. And that is how we get to the place where death is conquered. And so we live in this reality where death is the consequence of sin. It still is. But death itself is conquered, and we long, we await for the day when death will be no more. So finally, I have this third point where death will be a door. Death will be a door. I want to take a moment to just peek behind the door of death, just for a moment. All of us are walking every second closer and closer towards death. And so I want to take a moment to peek behind what will life look like beyond that door? What do we as Christians believe will happen beyond that door? I want to take a peek. It says in Revelation 21, pick up in verse 6, 6 through 8, it says this. And he said to me, God said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of the water of life, without payment. 
the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I want you guys to pick a place. Choose a place, one place, shout it out. In anywhere in the world. Like just pick one city or country. Hong Kong. Okay. What was it? The Bahamas. I love it. Let's go to the Bahamas. All right. Picture this with me. There's two ways to get there's there's really you're trying to get to the Bahamas and you've asked me directions. You know, you're like, Phoebe, how do I get to the Bahamas? And I'm giving you directions there. And let me tell you, one road, it leads there. It leads to the Bahamas. But the other one, the other road in front of you, ends with a, a, like a sharp cliff off of a left turn that's blind. Like it's like just imminent destruction. Would I tell you only about the way to get to the Bahamas? Or would I also warn you about the way that is surprising, destructive, and will only lead to death. It would be really unloving of me, especially if the way that led to destruction and death was very wide and a lot of people traveled that way. It would be very, very unloving for me, for you to come to me and say, Phoebe, let me know, how do I get to the Bahamas? And I said, oh, you just take this one, one trail right here. You just take it right down, go all the way, and then you go float across the river and there it is, the Bahamas, and you'll be in paradise. And not warn you that there is a way of destruction, of death. It would be like if you, if I was a doctor and you came to me and I did some tests and I determined there is cancer in you and it is going to lead to death. And there is a way that we can cure that cancer. Can you imagine if I did not tell you how to cure that cancer? Can, I, can you imagine if I didn't tell you that you had that cancer? That that was your autopilot. If you did nothing else, that was going to be your result. That would be incredibly unloving and actually illegal for me to not tell you that you have cancer and that there is another way. Very similarly, there is a very real and eternal hell and we are set on autopilot towards it. Let me tell you what hell is like. Hell is everything that is imperfect, everything that is enemy, everything that is angry, sad, lonely, destructive. Everything you've ever hated, that feeling of despair is constant. That is hell, it is eternal separation from God. And let me tell you, that is why I do what I do. I do not want you to end up there. Our mission is to make heaven crowded. And so it's pretty unloving for me to stand here and not tell you what hell is like and to tell you that you are set on autopilot there. You are born heading towards hell. The only thing that will ever get you to heaven, this is how you get to heaven. You trust that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, and the only life that he has died for your sins, 
that you say, I have done nothing to land my ticket to heaven, but it's Jesus who has stood in my place. That is how you get to heaven, and this is what heaven is like. Heaven is everything good, everything lovely, everything loving. Heaven is fully perfect. If you've ever had a glimpse of just complete joy and awe and hope and certainty that those around you are for you and with you, you've had a taste, a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like for eternity. Heaven is going to be full union with God. We are going to rest and play. We are going to eat and sleep together. We are going to explore the new heaven and new earth. Why would he create a new heaven and a new earth if we weren't meant to explore it? We're going to go on adventures. There's going to be companionship like you've never known it. There's going to be feasts and banquets where we retell stories of what we've explored and experienced. There is going to be all love, and God is going to be dwelling with and among us. That is what heaven is like. Every person in this room is dying. Every single one of you. The only thing I would suggest to you is that you would make sure that you have right relationship with God. And what that looks like is you saying, there is nothing that anyone else has done for me or, or anything else, or anything that I have ever done that could land my ticket, that could pay for my ticket to, to heaven, except for Jesus. Jesus is the only thing, the only one who has done anything to get you to heaven, which looks like this. You literally say, Jesus, I believe that you died my death and that I live in perfect relationship with you only because of that. You've done everything. I've done nothing. You've done everything. And I believe that you've done it. That's what lands your ticket. And there in heaven, as we see a glimpse in Revelation 21, heaven, there will be no more death. The consequence for sin is conquered. And that means that there will be death no more. And that's because there will be no more sin There will be no more temptation, no more doubt. But in the meantime, we still wrestle with it. And it's a worthwhile wrestle. There is still mission that we have. There are people in this room, there are people in in our lives where the time is ticking. We are getting every second closer and closer to death. And like I mentioned before, death is a door. And there's only two possible destinations beyond that door, heaven or hell. And we have a mission. If you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, our mission as Christians is to walk alongside people and say, come to heaven with me. This is how you get there. Let's make heaven crowded. That is why we live our every single day. That is why we have purpose and meaning. It's because Jesus has done something for us that we get to share with others on this side of heaven so that we can share all of eternity with them. I'm going to invite Tylee up as we finish with worship songs, and they're going to be Christmas-themed because we are celebrating Christmas. But this is a time to remember that Jesus Christ came as a child to die the death that we deserved, and we praise him. We have every reason to celebrate his coming to earth. 
because his coming to earth made it possible for us to experience eternity in heaven with him one day. You guys can stand and I'm going to pray for you. God, you came to this earth to conquer death itself. You swallowed up death and we ask today, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Because God, you have silenced death itself. We have experienced the death of death. And so Lord, we live with a life that is full, hopeful. We live on purpose knowing that there is a reason for us to pursue those around us who don't know you yet, knowing that we, every second, are heading towards death, but on the other side of that door is life eternal for those of us who believe that you have died the death that we deserve. So God, would we walk with urgency towards those who don't know that yet and be so, so on mission to love people with a love that went after each of us, that said, no, you're worth it. You're worth pursuing. Even in the midst of everything you've ever done, you are worth pursuing. You're worth rescuing, redeeming, making whole, and bringing into right relationship with God for all of eternity. God, would we praise you this morning. In your name we pray, amen.